What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie, and this is episode 418, the OG Sex Positive Positive Podcast, alongside Jeremy Ross Lopez. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Also joining us, of course, is Cody Maurice Doggett. How you? How the hell you doing, Cody? Hello, darling. I'm doing wonderful this evening. How are you, babes? Good, good. Jeremy, how was your Thanksgiving holiday? It was great. It was very festive, and I'm exhausted after uh, the holiday weekend and decorating and Christmas trees and all that stuff. <laughs> Nice. Sounds like a good time was had. Cody, I know you were cooking. How did it go down? I mean, it went wonderful. I am. I did overcook the turkey. We got some turkeys, like legs and breast and all that kind of stuff. And I overcooked it. But everything oh. else was wonderful. So I know, right? It was rough. It's still in my refrigerator. I should throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> well... Good for you for cooking, for taking that on. So Thank yeah. you, darling. Yeah. I had How a good... was yours? Did you spend it in California? Yeah. So from Mexico, I think we talked about it on the show last week. Um, I made my way over to the Bay Area, California, and really had a great celebration with my mom, my sister, and of course, some family friends. And we went to a really good hotel, the Claremont in the Oakland Hills, which is kind of an iconic hotel and it was just really delicious and a lovely way to celebrate. So yeah, I had a great time. That sounds like so much fun. Exactly. All right. Well, on this show, we have listeners that want us to weigh in on some personal issues, which I cannot wait to get to. But first, of course, we have to start out with hot gay sex topics. And I couldn't help but notice there's a brand new, it's called The Largest U.S. Survey of Transgender Americans, which aims to fuel change. So the federal surveys like the U.S. Census are gradually taking their transgender respondents into account, but they rarely ask specific questions unique to trans life, like have they been denied access to reproductive health care? Is there is their life better than it was before they came out as trans? Well, entered the U.S. Trans Survey, and it's the largest survey in the country, specifically geared towards trans and non-binary people. Conducted by the National Center for Transgender Equality, its results will be quoted by journalists, academics, and legislators for the next five years. So this survey is especially important now, given you know, the focus of the rights of trans Americans that we've been seeing Mm -hmm. in the political areas. And I think it's really good that I hope it goes to good use is what I'm hoping for, because out of our LGBT, it seems, Jeremy, that the transgender community always gets left behind. And they're currently, Mm -hmm. as the whole acronym is being targeted by the far right these days, don't you think it's about time we start sensing the needs of the transgender community? Yes, it definitely is. I think everyone should be a part of like just speaking and stepping up because I do feel like they have been targeted a lot lately, especially in politics. And it's just really pathetic of uh, 
other points of view and just the the topics of discussion and things that they're trying to uh, pass against transgender community in general. Absolutely. And Cody, there's so much anti-LGBTQ bills and legislation just this year. Let me read you a couple Mm -hmm. stats. 14 states, states with no, have no anti-LGBT bills introduced, which is good news, but 23 states have introduced anti-LGBTQ bills. And that's, I think I heard totaling up to 300 just this year that have gone up for voting. States that have signed anti-LGBTQ bills into law are 13 states already. So what are your thoughts that they're going to be doing this survey and do you think that it'll be hopefully used for good use? I really hope so. I think that the trans community is so it's so vulnerable. And I feel like that that's the first wave as far as when people target our community. So I believe that we should do everything that we can to protect them. And yeah, they're our brothers and sisters. So we need to do everything we can to take care of them. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Well, I think we've talked a little bit about on the show of two guys recently that both had similar situations, John Umberger and Julio Ramirez, totally unrelated, but their stories are very similar. Cody, you and I were talking about it, how they were both drugged and as yeah. they were leaving Hell's Kitchen bars and then robbed completely yeah. by, by completely their bank accounts were robbed. They were asked for their PIN numbers. And then both of those two gentlemen, sadly, died but there's been other at least a dozen more have also reported being drugged and robbed by a group of men suspected of preying on gay men some survivors actually spoke with nbc news and said they feel lucky to be alive it's like josh peterson who's 55 he told the outlet how he was robbed after going to a party in tribeca and this is back in 2018 blacking out while waiting for a taxi and then waking up in the back of a car with someone shaking him violently and saying, what's the pin number? What's the pin number? If you give us the pin number, we'll take you home. There's other stories similar to this, like Tyler Burt, who's 27. And he said when he went for a final drink at the infamous boiler room, that's in the East village of our beloved New York city last December, His last memory was sitting alone at the bar. Next thing, he remembered lying on his bed at home fully clothed. Like Peterson, his phone was gone, his accounts drained, and other items were also missing like his laptop and wallet, totaling $15,000, and that's estimated. But, you know, this is like a trend right now that is going on right now, and it's with with targets towards obviously we heard what's going on sadly in Colorado Springs with Q nightclub. We lost so many of our LGBT in that recent incident mm-hmm. just this past weekend, Atlanta two Atlanta gay bars were targeted by a terrorist threats. Fortunately, the suspect was arrested, but what the heck, Jeremy, what's going on with this? And does it make you scared to even want to go out? It definitely does. And I uh, always try to just be aware of my surroundings, even when I'm drinking, and also make sure that I stay close to and with the whole night friends that I trust that will like, 
take care of me, say I get too drunk or it's time for me to leave. And I always like bring a friend to go to the bathroom. And I don't know, I'm just, it definitely makes me want to be even more cautious than I usually am. And I know like taking public transportation can be risky at a certain hour. And I don't Mm -hmm. know, it's just, it is very scary and creepy altogether. Totally creepy. And, you know, I can remember several years ago, not even that long ago, five or six years ago, when I would just go out and I would bop around from bar to bar, maybe hit a club. And I don't know that I was that careful, (laughs) maybe a little careless with with my cocktail. I'm assuming, Cody, that the way they're being drugged is their cocktail, because I'm not sure how else they would be. But Mm -hmm. does it make you think, Cody, that, wow, like this could happen to really anybody and we really need to, if we are drinking, which most of us are, uh, that we need to be (laughs) a little bit more careful? Yes. Like when you were telling the story, all I could think about was I go to boiler room sometimes. I have been in in various situations that I know where it could happen to me. All I could think about was this could be me. And those feelings make you want to feel just like Jeremy said, make you want to be better and actually try and do everything that you can to protect yourself. But sometimes the crazy things happen in life and you might be be in this situation that these guys were in so everybody please just be safe out there this is really really crazy yeah and then on top of that like i said towards the end of the reporting there bars across the country and actually internationally because i've read some stories are being targeted there was another bar jeremy i know you're coming into town and it seems like there's always a new bar in hell's kitchen popping up and i'm like this, <laughs> there's a bar called verse and i that bar has been targeted lately with the guy threat throwing bricks at the bar and oh my mm-hmm. god i did see that on uh, he instagram and it was really like that's alarming and scary also. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't want to get to a point where we are so scared to go out because I want to keep our bars in business. And we all heard about Club Q in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. where I don't know if you heard, but thank God for our mm-hmm. heroes in the LGBTQ community, who, including a trans person, beat the, the, the suspect, the victim um, down and were kicking him. Several times he was so bruised up, and I'm so glad that they were able to take him down. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I, did. I saw. I saw the story, but I did not see that outcome. Yeah, yeah. I was it, really, yeah, Cody. Yeah. Did you see that the guy that would threw the brook brick into the window in Hell's Kitchen? He got arrested. Did you see that? He oh, he did. did? A, no, I yes. didn't see that. He yeah, did he get arrested. arrested, and it's not even known, actually, after questioning him. he actually I don't know if he's gay, but it's not a hate crime so currently in the investigation. He said he had some beef with the bar and a friend, a girlfriend of his, who somebody in the bar had was yelling at his girlfriend. But mm-hmm. really, I mean, have we lost it that much that now wow. you don't like what somebody says to you in a bar or the way manager you deals throw a with break. you? Yeah. And I think he threw it several times. Like this wasn't the first oh, time. Yes. Camera- yeah. Oh yes. But we're not having it. <laughs> I know, right? Not in this day and age. Especially and what does that get you as a grown man? Right. <laughs> These are all men that are 
there are always men, sorry to say, but in their early 30s and they're throwing their lives away. I know there's mental illness, but come on, you can't blame everything on mental illness. I blame it on the dark web and yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, this next story I want you definitely to weigh in on because it has to do with fashion and it's a controversial story that Balenciaga's latest photo shoot. Did you hear about this? Oh Lord, of course I We am. have to talk about it because it does relate to our BDSM community. Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian actually said she's disgusted by Balenciaga's teddy bear shoot and is reevaluating her relationship with the brand, which I think is good. I saw pictures of this shoot, which shows two little girls in separate campaigns for their brand new Balenciaga teddy bear purse backpack bags, I guess you would call them. And mm -hmm. the, the bags featured teddy bears with harnesses on them with two in separate photos, little girls holding these bags up to them, looking straight into the camera. And then in front of them are accessories. Now, one might argue, and I went through a whole Twitter lineup just to see what some people were saying. And some people said those accessories aren't BDSM at all because they were things like black sunglasses but there mm -hmm. were some chains there featured as well. Now, Balenciaga, since they've come under fire for this, Balenciaga blamed the creative director, which, of course, the creative director says, uh-uh, there was tons of Balenciaga staffers and people that work for the brand it, at the photo shoot, so they saw exactly what was going on. And, of course, Jeremy, does it sound like First of all, what did you think of this shoot? Did you think it was creepy and inappropriate? Because we have a lot to say I, about the BDSM community. I kind of just thought that it wasn't a very tasteful photo shoot. And I didn't understand like Balenciaga selling bags to kids. Like it, the whole modeling of it and everything. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just, I haven't really been a fan of Balenciaga lately. And I don't like any of the spandex outfits that everyone's wearing. And I don't consider that high fashion. And I don't really love labels that also have huge words on them and stuff like that. But this specifically, I just thought it was like a creepy, weird photo shoot. And the kids are like standing on beds, like on a, a yeah, like a bed that they sleep in with a teddy bear bag. And then like a bunch of, other shit laying around on the bed that's Balenciaga. I don't know. I just didn't find it fashiony at all, and it was creepy. Yeah, and and it was very like a child molester, like turn of photo shoot taste, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Cody, the whole thing right now in the far right is they're using anti drag queens rhetoric anti-trans and they're calling them groomers right groomers to turn mm -hmm. who yep. little kids so it almost seems like really balenciaga you had to give them more fodder for their stupid rhetoric on gr the whole groomer campaign that has been pervasive for the last for the yeah, whole year actually yeah and if you look at the bears if they are for kids, what kid, you know, I didn't learn about the BDSM community until I was an adult, which I think is about the right time. And it is 
a beloved community that I have entered in. I've entered the Mr. Eagle contest. I learned a lot about what it means, but it is based on sex positivity and sexuality. Why? What did you think when there's two little girls staring into the camera with these leather clad chain teddy bears? It's definitely over the line. I think that they could have, if they were going to have teddy bears that were geared towards kids, then they could have made it a little bit more kid friendly. I get that they're trying to be edgy and that this is, this is like a shop for shock value basically, but this is just really too much. I'm looking at the pictures right now and it's a little creepy. I would not like, why? What about the parents? Why would the parents allow their kids to be involved in a shoot like this? There's, there's so many levels to this as far as when this could have been uh, told to, when the people could have said that this should not happen, that th- this is not okay. The parents should have said something. I believe that the the creative director could have, when he saw the vision, he could have said, okay, this might be a little bit too far over the edge. I just, this is in poor taste from everybody. And I think everybody deserves the blame on this. Right. There's Thanks. also a lot more photos. If you look, there's like four different kids and there's one little boy there's a little girl standing on a couch. There's another girl in a bedroom on an ottoman. There's like five different kids, I think. Yeah. It's just, they're all weird. They've lost it. And I don't know. I'm with you, Jeremy. I mean, one can only think of the Met Gala and Kim K, which I wasn't a big fan of. She looked like a bat with her head covered. And then <laughs> yeah. in another picture, she was wrapped in, what's that or- yellow tape where they just wrapped her body caution caution tape tape. and then they have a bag out that's literally like a trash bag but it's a purse and but it's safe like a trash (laughs) sack and i think it's like seven over seventeen hundred dollars i think they have a (laughs) potato bag bag that like ruffles or something like that that's a i mean the best was the recaps on uh tiktok of people pretending they were in the fashion show (laughs) mud and everything hilarious (laughs) i'm gonna make some of that stuff in my house okay call it fashion (laughs) right yeah we'll see how this plays out all right well we love to hear from you and you can always dm us for sex relationship advice or simply to weigh in which is kind of what some of our current listeners, we've got three of them that are talking to us and wants us to weigh in for them. It starts out, hello, Tags. I'm wondering what's happening to poppers, or is it just me? They just don't hit like they did about five years ago. I used to be able to zip down to the Castro, okay, San Francisco, and buy (laughs) almost any popper, and almost all of them would work great. Now I feel like I'm just throwing my money down the drain like every brand. Talking to my friend who has a business selling toys, porn, and poppers, he tells me that the popper companies have to change their formula every six months to a year or so because of government intervention. Possibly in regards to legality, I don't quite remember. I used to be a euphoric head rush. It used to give me a euphoric head rush that would last a couple of minutes and would send my orgasm over the edge or push push my makeout session into hot and heavy overdrive. As a top, that's all I really want poppers for. Now they just make my blood pump harder and harder without that high that I long to crave. 
I'm considering purchasing poppers internationally, such as the one from France, because supposedly they have no regulation or intervention. I believe I've also heard of a Chicago-based company called Videohead Cleaner, but I'm hesitant to give them a try. Anyway, I'm just hoping to find that elusive yet exhilarating head rush that used to make uploading my balls out of this world. That's Renee talking (laughs) to us. Thank you, Renee, for that. You know, I'm going to start with you, Cody. I have some thoughts. Of course, we want to hear from you, Cody. But Jeremy, you actually used to sell poppers, correct, at one point in time. And then they got rid of them at the New York Eagle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What were some of the brands that did well? And did you hear people talking about their potency not being as strong as before? I did hear that eventually they uh, wore off very quickly. And I always think that Jungle Juice did better than any of the other brands. I mean, Rush was another one that was popular, but I think Jungle Juice outweighed that. Yeah. Um, You know, what are poppers just for people that may not exactly know? Um, alkyl, Alkyl nitrates. Uh, is what they are and today the most common formulations are isopropyl nitrite so they have been mixed throughout the years cody do you like poppers and do you have any thoughts on why they haven't they're not as potent as before Back in the 90s, I used to love poppers, but like nowadays, they just give me a headache. It's actually, I, I have definitely noticed the drastic change in the formula. It doesn't give me the same rush. And I used to get like really horny and my blood was, pump- I could like feel the blood pumping in in my veins. It was just a different high from it is now. And now it just gives me a a little head rush and, a, and a, it gives me a headache afterwards. So I don't use them that often anymore. Um, but yeah, I have definitely noticed the drastic change and how they've, they've actually gone down. I've, actually, I've looked into getting them from Europe as well, but with the customs and all the processing that's involved with that, I just gave up on it. So I don't use them anymore. Yeah, I used you? to like a. I used to like them in the past as well, but the last set that I've tried, like you, I'm kind of a little bit nervous. I mean, you have to be kind of careful too. They can make your blood pressure drop, which is never mm-hmm. a good thing. Obviously, if you're consuming alcohol or pot or what other extracurricular, it's not a good idea always. And I think they have also changed dramatically since the early years when I used to get them. Now they make me a little bit nervous. Um, The one thing, yeah, yeah, I I know they're associated with our community and they can be, at least back in the day, a lot of fun with sex, but I've kind of gotten to a place now where I don't want to rely on too many extra things. Like Mm -hmm. I want to just be in the moment with sex. And to me, sometimes things like poppers can be like a reliant factor. I mean, Jeremy, are you a fan of puppers or have you kind of gotten over it or what's your thoughts on that? I do love them, but I also haven't found any that I like are strong enough either as of lately. And I, I kind of go through spurts of using them and not using them. And once they aren't new anymore, I just kind of 
forget about them and then I remember again and buy some new ones. So maybe I'll buy some soon. Yeah, let us know. We have uh, an upcoming guest who, is it tush tush, Cody, that it's a cap that goes over your poppers that doesn't allow tush tush. And, you know, we're going to have him... Uh, Renee on our show at some point in the new year, I believe. Uh And hopefully since he created this nifty product that we're going to tell you more about that doesn't allow your poppers to spill, maybe he'll have some ideas on what are the best ones since he, you know, he's kind of really involved in this. So we'll ask him as well. Kiss Bray. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, coming in for another one of our listeners, um, He writes to us, let me just cue this up. Uh, When I thought I was straight, based on my upbringing, my non-binary cousin metaphorically slapped me with a bunch of knowledge and called me a baby gay and a boot, (laughs) a term for a military member. They did that seven years ago. My question is, what are the levels of gay growth? So baby gay, whole... (laughs) Whole, whole blown gay. He's asking a different men- mentor in the gay community asked if I knew the hanky code. I said no, and he recently called me a baby gay, making it the second time. Is there a point beyond that you're considered a baby gay, Cody? What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> and do you think we still categorize? I know it's. <laughs> I was laughing too. It's so cute. Um, what are your thoughts? Do we really call people baby gays and have categorizations still to this day in your mind? I think that when you first come out, you're a baby gay. And this, when you were telling this story and kind of going over this, this story, I was just thinking of Tu Wong Fu. You know how she has to earn her princess points? <laughs> yes. So, that, so that's, in my mind, that's what's going on. You earn your gay points as you go along. And when you do extra gay things that are wonderful and amazing that's when you level up in your gaydom so yeah i think <laughs> that <laughs> i think that when you first come out you're definitely a baby gay because you you it takes a, a little bit of navigating the gay world in order to acclimate yourself to it you've come from you're we're not socialized to be gay people and when we're younger Maybe things have changed now, but before, when I was younger, I wasn't socialized to be uh, to be in the gay world and, and to, to operate in the world as a gay person. So you have to learn these things. And, and I think that when you first come out, yes, you're a baby gay. And now I don't know what comes after baby gay, but now I feel like I am a full-blown gay mentor an old, an old gay a, an old gay queen i don't know no wait the old gays are on 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 instagram i'm not that i'm not quite that antiquated yet i'm not in at that level just yet yeah i don't know i mean the person that said do you know the hanky code i think they need to take a seat in the back because the hanky code was around in the 70s. And for those of you who don't know, it was a whole color-coded system, literally with hankies. You'd wear hankies in the back of your pocket, often your left side, which meant you were more of on the top side, the right side, the bottom persuasion. But it also signified things like water sports and you like cum and you only do head. But those things, I think we talk more, they were a code because people weren't open 
to talk about these things. So they, it was literally a code system that we needed back then. Now, I just think, I agree. I mean, I had levels and stages. And like one of the last stories we were talking about, when I became more mature, and I think when I finally moved to New York City, I started exploring, like we were talking about, the BDSM community, which I think for me, I wasn't ready when I was a baby gay or younger. But through the passage of time, I was ready to kind of explore that route and go down that that more advanced, I guess you could call it, road. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think people, Jeremy, should be calling other people oh, you're a baby gay or you don't know this. And you. Sh- what are your thoughts or advice? Will he ever be out of the baby gay name calling? Of course him? he will. And I don't, <laughs> I've never like called anyone that. And I don't know. I don't think of like cutesy names. It's just, you're either like experienced or you're not and you learn and then, yeah. Exactly. And fortunately there's so much, film and tv out there where you can get we don't need the hanky code you can kind of see out expressions all the time and people are getting married and so there's so much more ways to learn about it plus your friends i think are the ones that really can advance you out of the baby gay world (laughs) but i don't know embrace your baby gayness if that's where you're at right now it's kind of a it's there's plenty of time i think I think so too. And I prefer I grand, grand Dom. I want to be the Grand Dom gay right now. Okay, <laughs> housewife. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, Bryce has a lengthy one here and he just wants uh, he wants us to give our take on it. And I'm glad I'm with you too cuz it does deal with people of color. He writes, "Hey guys, Here's an excerpt from the book I'm writing, still in draft mode. Well, first of all, congratulations, Bryce, on the upcoming book. This is exciting. Um, He's a PhD, I believe, which is so exciting. He is. Uh, Yeah. Hey, boo. (laughs) Hey, exactly. If uh, he thought it's along the lines of a lot of the things we talk about here on tags, and he'd be honored if we weighed in. So he writes, book. Ex- this is a part of the book excerpt. And then came the point I realized that self-work is also a curse when finding love. They say, if I want better, I have to be better. Work on myself. Find my demons. Purge, sage, yoga, namaste. Yet when I return to reality, I find that still not to matter. I'm still black, and that's the definite trait I cannot improve. I elevate my level of vibrations and consciousness only to be still disregarded. Quote, those white men don't need this self-work. They sweep it, they sweep in like a dangerous storm, welcomed openly by all, despite the red flags that are certain to destroy part of ourselves. Their skin alone blankets every warnings. We choose to to ignore them, hoping to soak in some fragrant of their perceived purity. There's not a level of self-work that a person of color can ever accomplish to be truly equal, and that's the reality slammed in our faces again daily. Is self-work just a journey to realizing and consciously accepting our inferiority in this life? You know, 
I think when I, that's a lot, right? You guys, but let's yes. try and wrap our head around this because I'm, I, you, I don't know about you two, but I'm not a PhD, but we'll give it our best shot here. We do host this <laughs> podcast. You know, when I think of self-work, I often, and I've done a lot of self-work throughout the years, I do it really for myself first and foremost, and really for always. Obviously, I want to be be able to treat those I come in contact with as best I can and to be a good representative, but I do it for my soul. I do it for growth. I really do it for myself, not necessarily for a man that may or may not see me in the way or that I feel may not have to deal with some of the issues that, like myself or Bryce, a person of color, have to deal with. So I think doing self-work is commendable and should be a part of the, your life's work. You should always want to improve, but not for other people. And you should, I know it can, mm-hmm. it can feel like you're not being seen and is it all worth it? But that's my initial thoughts. But Cody, what are your thoughts on this? Wow, there's just so much to unpack here. And some but something that really jumped out at me is this was self-worth uh, uh the self-work and realizing your inferiority. I don't think it's about realizing your inferiority. I would never want to claim that in my life that I'm inferior to anyone else. Yes, I'm different. Yes, in the eyes of society, they regard me as maybe some people out there re- regard us gay people as inferior. Some people regard me as a black person as inferior, but I can't take that on for myself. I don't think that it is necessarily health, a healthy mind state to think of yourself as inferior. I don't, I, I really will take the self work will take you out of that mindset and really re- make you realize that those people that think that you're inferior, they have the problem. And I think that, yeah, this is really, it's really, really level. Uh, there's a lot of levels to this. And I think, mm, I, wow. I agree with you though, Cody. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting too, because yes, you could do the self-work, Jeremy, and you're still a person of color in this case, mm-hmm. black, but I also think it's who you surround yourself with. So, you know, I know that there's enlightened white people out there and there's not enlightened white people out there. I choose to be around those that are, what are your thoughts on that? Jeremy? I agree. I think that uh, the people that you surround yourself with will accept you and, uh, or usually do at least and build you up and help you uh, on your journey to, make progress and become the best version of yourself. And I think that it helps to always at least try to have a close knit friend group that does that. And if not, then it just helps to be around people that add and don't subtract and help you get into a positive state of mind or stay in a positive realm and bring good vibes only to uh, your day to day. Yeah. And that support the work that you are doing. And then Cody, not, 
I'm just curious because, you know, Joe's white and you've talked a little yes. bit about his family, which is a unique family, correct? Yes. That yeah, they're with Italian and lovely. Father that, yeah. But um, have you found yourself navigating as a person, as a black man, person of color at all? I don't know how much you want to share on that, but and yeah, but what are your thoughts so on that? So that was actually where I was going to was going to go next. This is it's so crazy that you were on the same wavelength because just even today with Joseph, I feel uh, we had a discussion about how society sees him as a white person versus me as a black person to society. He's much more des- in society's eyes. He's much more desirable, desirable than I am. And I think that a lot of my insecurities come from that. So I am not, I'm, I, I'm not uh, absolved of, of feeling insecure because of my skin color, just because I've done the work, but the, but the work has allowed me to actually take that into consideration and evaluate it and really work on my own self-esteem despite what society thinks. Yeah, and I would agree with you. And Bryce, I would also say that I commend you for writing this beautiful passage. I can't read, wait to read the whole book because it's, I think, important. And it really does shed light on when you are a person of color, there will be times that we have to be a little bit more secure in ourselves. Maybe we do, at least for now, and hopefully this will change down the road, do do a little bit more work so that we can feel more confident and secure in society and with those that we come into contact with so that maybe some of our white counterparts, or I know they don't, have to maybe, they're a little bit more welcomed, the carpet's just a little bit redder, Mm. but we can rest assured that we're doing the work and we can always rest assured and be confident you know, when you're doing work on yourself, you you should just feel so good about yourself. You're not going to always get it right. Believe me, you're going to fall, you're going to trip up, but you're doing the work and that's all anybody could ever ask of you. So I think commend yourself and know that, yes, we may always have to do a little bit more than our counterparts. That's kind of the way it is in, in general, but there are those out there that I think really are enlightened and surround yourself try try and surround yourself with those types of individuals that really you know are see it differently hopefully in a more positive light i love that all right well thank you guys you can always write into us the best way is to dm us on our instagram account at tags podcast I see those and we'll get to you for sure. You can always go to the website and send an email via tagspodcast.com. All right, a couple more topics here. And one of them comes from a Reddit thread that I definitely wanted to talk about. They simply write, why do I hate being called a bottom? So they write, a friend, a friend told me I give bottom energy. And honestly, it hit a nerve and I felt offended. I am mostly a bottom, but I feel the term is usually a negative one. And it's the butt of a joke. I just want to be proud and not feel ashamed. Some of the comments were, uh, 
I'm a top. I love bottoms. You should too. You're experiencing internalized crap that can diminish over time. It helps to challenge anyone who does this low level diminishing. You know what? I'm going to agree with that commenter who wrote in because I think giving bottom energy, do people give bottom energy, Jeremy? And do you think that's, that's not cool to say that? Or do you think it's okay? No, I think it's like it, it. I think you can't ever judge a book by its cover. And I think that getting to know someone, you learn what they're into and what they're not. And I also think that bottom energy is just labeling someone when you. So, for example, someone may be feminine and not be a bottom at all. And they could be a blouse. Someone, and someone <laughs> may be super masculine and only bottom. So yeah. I think that getting to know someone and then also your chemistry with someone can really only be the telltale sign of like your sexual position or orient- like what you prefer in bed is always better not judging and getting to know someone. And some people will ask flat out, but I also don't think that it's like cool to just bottom shame. I think we've talked about that before. And I don't think it's something to ever be embarrassed about or like feel less than because you are a bottom or you prefer bottoming. But I also don't like enjoy people just walking around and labeling you as that or making fun of you in a conversation as that. I 100% agree. And I remember it seems old school to me to say mm-hmm. bottom energy. And I remember back in the day, Maybe even when I moved to New York, I had some friends. This is like early 2007, eight, and I was hanging around a group of guys that would try would make fun of. Oh yeah, Steve's the bottom, or bottom Steve over there. Or, he he he, and it used to bug me like a lot. Then we started doing this show, and you know when you talk mm-hmm. so openly about sex and sexuality. All that goes out the door. I think I also matured, got rid of a lot of those friends. And now, honestly, I don't think it's telling somebody they give bottom energy or top energy. I was at a wedding and I was dancing with a guy, a really sexy guy, and we just connected. And I think I know how it was going to work in the bedroom, too, based on the way we were dancing. I don't even think we needed Mm. to state it. But I think you can ask if you want to. But to say to somebody you give bottom energy, Cody, does it feel old school to you and unnecessary? Oh, definitely. As someone who gives bottom energy, I'm definitely one of those blouses as previously (laughs) discussed because (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's so antiquated. I just think it's really a bunch of malarkey. I think that when malarkey, (laughs) I got it in there. (laughs) (laughs) I think that when you, I think that people associate bottoms with being feminine and females being weaker than males. It's all of all this societal hullabaloo that people get Misogyny. caught up in. And I don't, yeah, exactly. And it's just really, it's just, it's just so old. And it's, I don't think that anybody should be offended by being called a bottom. I couldn't have sex if I, there were no bottoms out there. So I think that bottoms should be cherished. So I think it's a wonderful thing to be called a bottom. I love my bottoms. 
Absolutely. And I think the thing is, don't read too much into this guy. I mean, the thing is, you can never control. There's always going to be idiots out there for sure. You can't control what anybody's going to say to you. But what you can do is duly note it in your head and know, well, you can think whatever you want. We're not having any sex, bottom top, any of it, because (laughs) I've done that. Yeah. In the past, I would have probably gotten a little bit more offended. Now, when somebody says something idiotic or I feel is dated to me, I duly note it in my head. I continue not nodding at them like I'm somewhat interested, but I'm phased. I've already tuned them out and I either politely move on or I just know, yep, we're never going to be doing anything. And yeah, (laughs) just that's the end of that. Okay. Lastly, by the way, did you guys get that link and have a chance to look at it? Yes, I did. Oh, great. Okay. I am so excited because last week, as you may recall, Tags Live, we took a little break for the Thanksgiving holiday here in the States. But one of the things we do on that show every week is Thirst Trap, produced by Straight Up Gay Porn, where they ask the question, in this case, it's 17 gay porn stars, and they ask the question, who took the best photo or video of the week? I'll post this on tagspodcast.com, and because we didn't weren't able to do it, now we get to do it with Jeremy, which is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> our job is, our job on an audio podcast is to vividly describe why we picked the person who took the best picture of the week. And of course, you can go to tagspodcast.com and see the pictures for yourself and vote for yourself. Well, let's start with our newbie, Jeremy. Who out of these 17 caught your fancy and why? So I really liked the uh, last photo. And that is, uh, let's see what the name is. Rex Lima. Oh my Mm, God. I love the soap suds and he is just really good looking and I love the empty toilet paper dispenser on the wall. (laughs) I just found that one like, I don't know, it was my favorite one. I think he left something to the imagination a little bit and I love like soap suds and I don't know, I just, that one caught my eye out of all of them. They're all amazing, but that one's definitely my fave. You know what's great about... Rex Lima is that there's something to be said about yes he's he's kind of messy but he's messy with soap suds so you know he's clean right. too and you just want to like put your hands all over him and my exactly. goodness those beautiful lips that he has are so hot yeah yeah great oh, yeah. pick I actually didn't make it that far down but I might change my vote because I stopped <laughs> I I kind of rolled it and was going down and I ended up stopping on Mr. Gael Kriok Kriok <laughs> I think and he is so <laughs> sexy I believe he's Brazilian I want to say he's Brazilian but I'm not sure and really beautiful dark skin he's sitting on a bed where you know when you sit on your heels and he's leaning back showing a beautiful chest he might be middle eastern too i'm not sure to be honest i should find out because i see a upper left tattoo that looks like it's in perhaps a middle eastern language he's i looked at a lot i tend to go to their twitter profiles 
and he does this thing with like his eyebrow one eyebrow you know when somebody does that and they raise it up oh yeah they lift it it. that (laughs) melts me like there's no tomorrow if somebody does that to me i'm like I'm yours. Doesn't the I'm rock butter. do that? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Love it. He, this guy, Gael, also has the most beautiful dick too. It's thick and he knows how to use it. Cause like I said, I do some research on these guys and he's an amazing top. <laughs> he's lean and mean and he's uh, just everything. I'll post this on tagspodcast.com. Cody, who did you pick? Well, I chose Damien Renner. He's about a third of the way down. Oh, he's number three, actually. Oh. And it's a it's a bathroom selfie, and he's just completely naked. He's got this beautiful cock. It's just hanging out and flopping around, just like Gael, who was one of my top picks as well. I, so we, I was like, <laughs> we are on nice. the same wavelength, wavelength again. And he has some beautiful artwork <laughs> in the back. So, yeah, that's my, my pick. And he's just brown skin and beautiful and he's number one for me this week i love it that's so great that you have some lovely artwork in the background and jeremy has an what was it an empty toilet (laughs) toilet toilet paper paper (laughs) that's priceless i love it okay like i said i'll post this on textpodcast.com as well as some other links up there you can always follow my co-host follow jeremy on instagram at j ross lopez at j ross lopez follow cody he's a life coach at k m d coaching he follow his personal account at mr maurice mr maurice and of course follow us at tags podcast or my personal account i am underscore steve v all right guys so much fun thanks guys i love this thank we, you so, so much yeah fun, we're back with tags live this wednesday night at 9 p.m eastern time you can get the link on tagspodcast.com in the meantime continue having hot gay, gay sex. sex yes